is the three-point shot. Nowadays, everybody's got a podcast. Like WMUC, I keep looking every time they upload, and it's just podcast, podcast, podcast. But I'm hoping that everyone who listens to those other ones also listens to ours, because ours is the best. What's going on? Three-point shot back with another episode. Colin <laughs> and ben, uh, Colin and Zach in College Park. Ben up in Boston. Uh, ben, we miss you. I miss you too, guys. That was our intro. That's, that's that was the intro. Had. Nowadays, everybody's got a podcast. Right before I clicked record, I was like going through this girl's uh, Instagram story <laughs> that I follow, and it was like a picture of like penne vodka, and it was just like, "What should I call my podcast?" And I was like, "What is it like about?" Yeah, I mean, I was, just, to be fair, we're three we're three guys who like sports and live together. I'm pretty sure it's a law of nature that we would have a podcast. Exactly. Like it's kind of easy for us, but we usually have been starting with Maryland football, and that hasn't been going on. Uh, no. Yeah. You know who was really unhappy about that? You? My family. Oh, the Ohio State. <laughs> because they were getting excited because Maryland looked like it might be a quality win this year. And so we we took matters into our own hands. I told them a, a joke that I found funny, but my Ohio State loving family and friends did not find as funny, was I said, you know who I heard spread coronavirus among the team? It was the same guys who got Chase Young suspended. <laughs> uh, that's that's funny because we definitely we just try to do everything we can to avoid playing Ohio State. So that the last time it was competitive, we took them to overtime, and Tyrell Pigram missed it. People don't talk about that enough. That was Pigram's. <laughs> yeah, he, he he blew it. I'm, I'm not. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. He, he knows. I mean, has anybody put it on anybody else? No, I think Zach's just kind of saying is in general we don't talk enough about that game but i think it's we talk about oh it we more. talk about it a bunch i was about fact, to say if you're ready it was a year ago uh tomorrow tuesday when this episode will, will come out it was a year or two years ago maybe two years ago yeah yeah two years ago so it, it's gonna get sad quick yeah i mean listen i'm i'm sure piggy's doing stuff wherever he is i know he transferred i think he's playing pretty well at western kentucky actually well, good for him. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, the ex- if the XFL comes a call, and I will definitely be him <laughs> on. It's uh, listen, I, I love him, but he does not. Piggies are the Battle Hawks, bro. Honestly, I wouldn't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wish like we would have definitely had an XFL podcast if that was still happening right now. <laughs> like that's all this would be. Like we, we can make this an XFL podcast now. Yeah, the XFL. I think it would be. Though. <laughs> it would be the proper level of of insight that I think we could offer on the XFL, which is just on the team names and logos. Well, it's pretty which every uh, St. Louis Battlehawks uh, game. By the way, go go Hawks! Uh, Kaka is the call is the law. I believe is what they told us. Um, I believe that is what they said because their marketing people like to sniff glue. Yeah, it was uh, it was it was some rough rough football. Battlehawks were good by the virtue of the XFL. Um, I I think really yeah. the biggest thing was that you needed good quarterback play. And I will. And I, you didn't I, get it. I will actually say that of there was eight XFL teams, right? Uh, eight or ten. Yeah, I think it was eight. It was I think four it was four. Yeah, Jordan Tomu honestly was the second easiest quarterback to watch. Uh, and I think a big after, oh after what's his name who got signed by the Colts yeah I think he played yeah he was good one Tom Tom looked good yeah yeah he, he did he looked like he belongs on an NFL practice squad which is pretty much where he's at so you know he's too good for the XFL not good enough for the show so he'll Speak, speaking of, of to to pivot from from Piggy and his his pro potential should we do our forty five seconds on the NBA draft on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm only interested in Jalen Smith. I don't think Cowan's in getting drafted. No, um, he's there's there's I have yet to see any like he's not even on the ESPN positional rankings for point guards. But two I, days ago, this go ahead. What two go days ahead. ago, the, the teams are, have been tweeting out like draft profiles of guys and the Celtics tweeted out one of Jalen Smith. Yeah, and I was sitting at the kitchen table with my dad and I like made a noise. My dad was like, What's going on? And I was like, the Celtics tweeted about Jalen Smith. And like, I have barely ever even bought a jersey of an active player. I think I have one active player's jersey. Uh, Julian Edelman, shout out. Um, 
It's a nice one. But I, but I would buy if if the Celtics draft and sign Jalen Smith, I absolutely would would go that one. But he keep he keeps moving up, and they're saying the Celtics are moving up, but the the picks I've seen them connected to aren't lining up with where Jalen Smith. They say like the Celtics are trying to move to like eight, and they have Smith going between like thirteen and twenty. Um, but people seem really high on him. I think, which makes sense given how much he improved from his freshman to his sophomore year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's deserved. He, he looked mean, like a different player out there his second year, honestly. He he was it was fantastic, and I only think if he was as good as sophomore year as he was, and we had Bruno Fernando down there with him. But last year was the best Maryland basketball team that we saw and will see in our time in college. Because this year, they're going to be okay. They're not going to be great. I think if they make the tournament, that's an accomplishment. But you never know, Zach. You never know. You know. T- yeah, this this has the feeling of – um. This I feel like this year's team is going to be like the team our freshman year where they're, like, talented, but they just totally collapse for periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I think the one – or I don't even know who would who's going to play because the real issue they've had the last few years that we've been watching is just they lose all offensive rhythm when Cowan left the floor. And it yeah. got a little bit better as Ayala got more comfortable running the point. But at this point, like, I'm really worried about that, except also this team can go, like, 10 guys deep just because, like, we don't have, like, two bona fide superstars like Cowan and Smith, but we also have like a lot of good players. Uh, and then we have Reese Mona, who's going to break out and be the 2021's uh, number one draft pick. You've got the, uh, the big 10 six man of the year in Wiggins, who's now probably going to be a starter. And also in my class. Also in Colin's class. What class? Uh, we're in a negotiation class together. We had to ah. negotiate. I, I've, I've worked on a project with, uh, with Mr. Wiggins. Um, yeah, he was, he was fine. Are, were you so, were you so good at the negotiating project? He was like, I want you to be my agent. Yeah. I mean, he took it about as seriously as you'd expect anybody to take an in-class <laughs> negotiation assignment seriously. Uh, I would definitely say, um, he probably paid more attention to me and the things I was saying than Jay Sean Jones did when I gave a presentation and Jay Sean Jones got yelled at by the professor for uh, being on his phone too much during- If I was Andrew Wiggins in a class, especially a negotiation class, my argument would always be, can you dunk a basketball? (laughs) Well, then I guess I win. And then I would say, yeah, get me the Fisher Price hoop. And that would be uh, the end of that argument. Because my argument tactics are still sort of on the first grade level of my dad could beat up your dad. Oh, your uncle! Oh, your uncle works for Xbox. You can have whatever you want. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Terps basketball is really going to miss uh, Cowan uh, more than you know. Obviously, Smith hurts you, but Cowan is is a so much a quarterback on that team that it'll be. You know who else I think they're going to miss? Weirdly, Andrew Tosin. Fans, I think. Alex yeah, I, was it Alex? Too. Yeah. <laughs> that is a blast from the past. John Rothstein name drop. Uh, he had an article today about the 10 teams that'll suffer the most uh, with, without having fans this season. And Maryland was number one. Or not number one, but they were on the list, I should say. He didn't write that. They absolutely should be. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're, we're insane. Unironically, one of the best student sections. Home in- court yeah. advantage. He, he said literally, if you've ever been to a college rave, it's that in a basketball arena. And I like, was- especially, especially with the way the team played the last few years. Like, we fed off emotional I, I guys had like more fun going to games last season than any other year and i had fun every year but last year even for like the notre dame game notre dame was not good um oh the notre dame game was fantastic i mean that team was so like in addition to just being good and being fun think about the number of exciting games we played like we played we had we played iowa where luca garza was going off but Cowan scored 31 at home we had um, some close games against Rutgers. We had the um, the Illinois game that we won on that block by uh, or no, was that the Rutgers game that we won on the block by Jalen Smith? Uh, uh, Rutgers, because I was there. Yeah, I think you're right. We yeah, played Illinois close. There's a dude. We played Illinois close on the road. We had that crazy shot by Marcel against Minnesota. We had the oh. game against Michigan State 
where they slapped the floor and then Cowan hit, I think, like... Cowan scored 11 of the last 15 points in the game or something. All I remember from that is the... All I remember from that is he's coming uh, left. Illinois. Illinois was Illinois Cowan from the yes. signature. Yeah. No, no. Because I remember they slapped the floor and the announcers were like, I don't know. And all I remember... The, the one thing I'll always remember from that game is Cowan coming around a little, like, screen, bump, rub play, coming to the left elbow over the three-point line, just getting space, gathering. And it was one of those, and he's done this the whole time we've been there, but just in clutch situations where he gathers, like, a foot to five feet behind the three-point line, and you're just like, it's going in. Yeah. What was the Like, that's really what, like, clutchness is, is just the difference between with a big shot, guys, where you're like, oh, God, he's going to miss, versus him where you're just like, Yep. What was the one with Smith where after the game he was like yelling at this? He was like John. Oh, that was Indiana. That was a um that was a really because that was the day you guys had both gotten back from winter break. That was the day Kobe. I got back. I was tracking that. I was what I was I couldn't watch that game because I was flying down. Uh so I was following it like on the metro and we were up big at halftime. Because we shot like 60% from three in the first half. Like we couldn't miss in the first half. And then we did that thing where we didn't play well at the start of the second half. And then that was another one where we were down like seven with 90 seconds left. Um, And also because I was watching the highlights of that game a couple weeks ago. It's insane that we won that game because they got an open look at the basket. To was end that game. Yeah. Indiana game. Yeah. It was he got he got in, like wide open. And I mean, like, you can't blame Smith because he was trying not to foul, but the dude got like a clean left-handed look at the basket and just put it off the back rim. Yeah. I but mean, yeah, that was that was when he said, I, I believe this is my court. Yeah. Yeah. The Indiana fans. It's, yeah. I don't you know. Turgeon was like, dude, you can't say that. And then everyone else was like, he's having fun. Some of that unwritten rules stuff. Well, my I, thing was just like, if you get a chance to talk trash in assembly hall, get yeah. yeah. Well, the thing was, I remember reading about it. That was when that was the game Kobe. The news broke that Kobe died during the game, and the crowd yeah. was essentially silent for the last three minutes, regardless of what was happening on the court. Yeah, that was a weird day. It was, I, weird it, day. It was the it set the tone for a weird year too. I remember sitting here and I was like, "Yo." Kobe died. And then Ben, you were like, uh, no, he didn't. And I was like, I think he well, did. Well, because you always <laughs> make stuff up. It was, no, it wasn't even well, that. Well, no, because that happened with that. It happened with Chadwick Boseman and Alex Trebek. You had that same reaction to what My I My thing was- But also, but all three of those just felt like wrong. And they, I agree with you. My still thing do. Kobe more than anything was that it was TMZ that originally broke the yeah. news. That's another- I don't, I don't trust TMZ. Like- yeah, exactly. So, uh, finish up with Maryland basketball, though. They released their non-conference schedule today. I did see if that. If we want to break that. So, we play Navy. Yeah, so we open on November 25th, the day before Thanksgiving, here against Old Dominion, uh, which none of these games are, are good opponents because my, my guess is, and I don't know if this is true, but my assumption is, like, we were very limited in who we could pick for non-conference games because some conferences are canceled. Some conferences aren't allowing plane travel. Some are only allowing a certain distance of travel. So when you put all that together, it kind of limits. Also, just the longer distance travel stuff is more complicated. Like if you have to get like planes and hotels and stuff, as opposed to like if you're playing in Virginia, like it's a pain, but you can make that a day trip. Exactly. So you've got Old Dominion on Wednesday. And then the day after Thanksgiving, uh, or the weekend after, I should say, we have a, um, a tournament. So it's not like it's, it's, uh, it's a round robin at In College Park? Yeah, us, Navy, and Mount St. Mary's. Um, That'd be cool for guys at a school like Mount St. Mary's to play at a, at a big arena. I mean, it's empty, but... And no one will be there, but yeah. And then Monmouth uh, on December 1st, which I don't know if the guy is still on Monmouth, but the the snap memory came up today, like the, the year ago today came up from that guy on Monmouth last year when they were playing Kansas. Do you remember this? And Kansas is up by, I think, 55 with 10 seconds left. Just oh, the guy who stole the ball. And the guy stole it and dunked it and then got a technical. <laughs> and even the announcers were like, don't do that. Don't. I, I did. I remember. No, I'm fully, I, on, I'm I, fully I, on board with that guy. I had seen that just the other day. Uh, I had watched the thing and it completely had no idea what was going on, had no context for it. But I did see, you know, I, I don't know if it's a hot take and we're kind of shifting gears a little bit with this, but 
I don't, I don't care about unwritten rules. Sometimes I think no, you can, not really, especially that one. You're down fifty-five. Do what you want. Like when you're when you're down in a blowout like that, it's like you 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 shouldn't be able to just like pimp out a win regardless. Like I don't have a problem with the team making you play for it at the end. Like it was always, and I get basketball is a little different than like other sports where like it's kind of accepted. I'm just going to hold on to the basketball and it is what it is, but I don't know. It's something it's, I'd like to see more often like teams actually just like play the whole game. Yeah. Um, and My favorite of the, the best of the unwritten basketball rules, there's not really an unwritten rule, but when they are dribbling out the clock and when they're going to take a shot clock violation, when a guy decides to screw their teammate by throwing them the ball with like half a second on the shot clock so the turnover goes on them on the stat sheet. <laughs> That's the level of pettiness I aspire to. Like I don't I forget I forget exactly what the rule was being broken, but when Tati's went just went absolutely yard and everybody got mad. He, sw- he swung on 3-0 while his team was up. Yeah, like I don't I'm never going to be mad at a dude for playing the game. Like, it's, yeah. there's, there's, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but like, there's unwritten rules in the sense of like, when a quarterback is taking a knee, you don't try and like clear the pile to hit him. But like, but how cool would that be? I mean, it would be hilarious. But it's, it's like asking players on the offensive line not to like block when you're blowing them out. Like, it's just, just play the game. Play a full however many minutes. Yeah. I mean. Let Yankees grow a beard. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> fine. Um, I'm fine with taking a knee if you're up. I mean, I don't care about it. But I'm also fine the other way. If you want to play out the game, go for it. Exactly. Well, that's my thing. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't be. Especially mad. that one where it was a dude just like, he was like, I want to say I scored at Allen Fieldhouse. And also, like, it was hilarious. Like if you're Kansas and you get mad about that, it's a whole get thing over yourself. Like, if you, if you, uh, like if I'm, if it happens to your team, like against your team, you're gonna be upset about it. But personally, I'm not gonna be like, oh, you shouldn't have done it. Like if a guy bat flips against the Yankees, I don't get upset about I it because I want to see the Yankees bat flip, and I'll be happy. You, you get upset that he hit a home run, though. That's not allowed. You can't be hitting home runs against the Yankees, says that. I get upset when other people hit home runs. I mean, I do because like we're losing, but I don't get upset at them for hitting it. <laughs> Well, that's well, a who, fine who, line. Who tried to make the argument this year? Was it the whole Tatis thing? It was like, well, pitch better. And the guy was like, well, no, he shouldn't be swinging on, on a 3-0 count. Like, what are you talking yeah, about? You know, it's, it's, there's, it's unwritten rule. It's, it's Matt Kachuk broke an unwritten rule of hockey at one point because there's an unwritten rule when a dude is coming for a wraparound. You don't blow him up when he's coming around the net because he's completely defenseless, but he's far enough away from the boards that you're not going to get a penalty for doing it. But it's incredibly dangerous because you can absolutely just blast a guy that has no reason to be looking out for you to hit him. And Matt Kachuk went in and absolutely crushed a dude. That's an unwritten rule. That feels on brand, though. Yeah, absolutely on brand for the entire Kachuk. But family. those are, but those are. Uh, there's the yeah. There's the two different because there's the ones that are like for safety. Yeah. And then there are the there are the ones that are for safety where you're like, this is legal, but it's dangerous. Like like in football, like diving at a guy's knees or something. And then there's the ones where it's like, this is unwritten just because you might hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. Like- and that one's just dumb. That's my like. If there's a reason for that to be an unwritten rule, I get it. Like if it's safety or whatever. And like, obviously, there's a limit. Like don't be running rule. a fake punt up fifty points. Yeah, I mean, I think you'd probably be kind of mean, but I wouldn't be like, yeah, exceptionally mad about it unless it's my team. But well, yeah. Well, that's the great equalizer. <laughs> when, 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 it's, when it's my team, I get mad about it. When Ohio State's kicking on side, blowing us out, I get I get upset. But uh, if Ohio State did that to literally any other team, I would be screaming, yeah, let them run up the score. It's just football. Uh, <laughs> also, it's college where you do need style points. Yeah, I mean, that's another important thing when it comes to college football is you're trying to make a, make a pro resume. So 
stat padding is a very real thing for these guys. Well, speaking of football, I'm going to be angry. <laughs> um, oh, no. So the Philadelphia Eagles lost in truly what may be the worst uh, – excuse me – the worst division that the NFL may has ever seen. Um, it is the Eagles and Cowboys who are both in firmly entrenched in camp. Uh, if we were healthy, we'd be good. And then the Giants, who are terrible – and the Washington football team, who are a disaster. I will agree. I'll stop you there. I agree that the game yesterday was not good, really, on either end. Daniel Jones played well. Wayne Gallman, I think, like, Fox wants to give this man, like, a deal because they talked yeah, about I mean, him the entire broadcast. Yeah, it's, it was weird. And I want to I wanted begin before I get mad. Well, yeah, um, before you get mad, I want to touch on the Giants first. Uh, the Giants, as of today, where we stand right now, uh, can mathematically make the playoffs at four and twelve uh, if they, if they get there. Um, so my hope is still in there with each day that passes. We have a bye next week and then play the Bengals. So still a possibility. And then we play like the Cardinals. Have they considered making Daniel Jones a running back? Uh, yeah, and the same reason that the uh, Ravens ran a wildcat with Mark Ingram yesterday. Oh <laughs> my god, that was hilarious! I love that so much. So yeah, oh, that's, Drew Brees. Oh, that was fantastic. Football, Drew Brees. Uh, yeah collapsed lung from that hit yesterday oh a couple no. broken ribs so he might be which uh, wasn't a rough in the passer i'd imagine that'd be a career for him then i don't think so collapsed lung is not as bad as it sounds no i know but he's been flirting with retirement already i'd imagine a scary injury like that if he's out for the rest of the if he comes back by season's end i think i don't think he's going to retire today but i think that this would make that his last season i don't understand why you'd i honestly I mean, you could, I guess I could see the Saints getting that, but I think it'd be better for the Saints if he just kind of steps aside. But back to being angry. Um, yeah, the I, do, Eagles. I yeah. do want to first give kudos to Daniel Jones, who played what I genuinely believe to be the best game of his career. His best was last year against the Buccaneers, like his first start. Mm. As far, in terms of his, like how he looked. How but that was played. last year's Bucks, though. Okay. That's, it's, yeah. it's, but I, that was a better. And I'm not saying they were a better team than this year's Eagles, but that he played a better game. He played fine yesterday. He played well. I, it wasn't I, his best game. Maybe. Yeah. I would almost at a professional level, one might say. Yeah, Daniel, definitely up there. Daniel Jones has won, is it four games in his career? I think five now. Five now. Yeah. Okay. He's won five games in his career, three of them against the Washington football team, though admittedly it was four. Not. Four. He's won four against the football team now because he's, he's won two each year. So four against them. He beat the Eagles once. And the Bucks. And the Bucks. So he's six. He's won six games in his career. No, I think he, Yeah, yeah. Yes. Because I remember going into the Eagles game, the only win was a team that was the Bucs. It was the Bucs and the football team, formerly the other name for them. But so I, I would say it was Daniel Jones' best game. Having watched the Bucks game, I think this Eagles defense is better than that Bucks defense was. I don't think they're good, but I think they are better than that Bucks defense. But regardless, doesn't matter. I'm upset with the Eagles because, yeah, Carson Wentz has looked like a mess all year. But I will say one thing. The best part of Carson Wentz's game is how dynamic he can be when he's outside of the pocket. And that is, that, is a, that is a huge thing. And I think the big issue is that Doug Peterson seems to be allergic to letting Carson Wentz get outside of the pocket. Against the Giants, he did not call a play that had, by design, Carson Wentz getting out of the pocket until late in the third quarter. He did it, he then did it in back-to-back -back plays for 40 plus yards of offense and then never did it again. The Giants are one of the worst teams in the league against quarterbacks that are moving out of the pocket by design. So it was truly baffling to me that the play calling is designed about forcing Carson Wentz into being a pocket passer. And I genuinely think Doug Peterson, he won the Super Bowl, he wrote a book, he called it fearless the doug peterson story or whatever the heck the tagline was should have called it dumbass because frankly <laughs> this is truly uh, 
Carson Wentz has not been playing well. And I want to make that clear. But Carson Wentz is not this bad. It relies on the fact that you are calling plays that are completely against the way the quarterback skill set is. You're, you're, you're intentionally handicapping a quarterback that might only be, he might only be a B, B-plus quarterback at best. But when you put a boot on him like Doug Peterson seems to be set on doing, you're going to take this B quarterback, you're going to get rid of any dynamacy in his, I don't think that's a word, but I'm going to say it anyway. Dynam- you coined it. Dynamicness to his gameplay. And then you're going to stick him in the pocket and let him get absolutely destroyed behind an offensive line made out of tissue paper and balsa wood and Jason Kelsey's inability to snap the football, apparently. Are you ready? I just remember the, it's, it's dynamism was the word you were looking for. Thank yeah. you. I would, you're welcome. So ultimately, Carson Wentz is probably like good at best when he's playing his best football. But Doug Peterson is taking a quarterback that's good and making him a quarterback that's terrible. And I think more than any other season, this season has made it clear that uh, effectively it should have been Frank Reich that was right in the book after the Super Bowl, because clearly Frank Reich masterminded that offense that was absolutely high flying in that Super Bowl year. And the minute Frank Reich left, it became just the play calling fell off a cliff and he was able to survive for a couple of years without him. But uh, this year it's finally come clear to me at least. And I'm sure other people that uh, (laughs) Doug is, uh, I mean, it's the same. He has the same flaws Andy Reid had kind of back when he was in Philly is that he was just so set on making guys pocket passers. And you took, you took a mobile quarterback like Mike Vick and you made him a pocket passer. And Vick thrived as a passer in that system. But it's clear with Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz is not as good as Mike Vick was. Also, Andy Reid might be a better coach than Doug Peterson well, is. No, I want to make it very clear that Andy Reid is a world's better coach because he's way more adaptable. I mean, as you can see in, in Kansas City, he let Mahomes free. And Mahomes becomes a guy who's looking like he might genuinely become the greatest quarterback of all time. He's practically a Hall of Famer if he retired right now. And he's played three years. So I, I, my only advice for the Eagles is just let, let uh, is the same advice I've had for the Seahawks for years, is just let, let your quarterback free, set him free, start calling plays that move him out of the pocket, let him use his legs, let him use his arms. If the wide receivers aren't good enough to get open in time, which apparently they might not be, then let him buy a little time with his feet by design. Stop making him run for his life in the pocket. Uh, set him, set my man free. Set, set him free. Let him go. To, to, to combine our previous topics of pro terps and quarterbacks, how about Stefan Diggs? Oh, He's insane. I mean, we knew game winning touchdown on Sunday. I, I was, I was led to understand. Uh, yeah, well, uh, actually, certainly nothing dramatic could have happened after that. There was very little time left. I love Kyler Murray, dude. He's my favorite. He's so good. He is my favorite. He, you know how I said DK Metcalf was my favorite, uh, non giant, well, favorite NFL, like player, singular player. It was DK Metcalf before that was Russell Wilson. Kyler Murray is creeping up, man. He is, he is. Insane. That was fun. The dude's like, Five nine. The dude is significantly smaller than Colin. He was sprinting to his left and made a right-handed throw, fifty he yards. Slipped his wrist and it flew forever. Real quick, an update on, on my fantasy league. I have a chance to go ten and zero. I am up by two points. I have no one playing right now. My opponent has Adam Thielen. Now I would never wish for someone to get injured, but if Adam Thielen got food poisoning and had to miss the second half of this game. <laughs> That's a good. That's a good measured response. I've so I was watching a, a podcast today, and they brought up a really good point. It was, yeah, you can watch a podcast. Yeah, it was. A, it, was a, it had a video component too, which it, this so. will not, even though we're recording on Zoom. Yeah, so I was watching it, and it said is just by virtue of the fact that you're doing something in like a medium like this, like a podcast or like YouTube, you're gonna have some cold takes, right? I've had a number 
of atrocious takes. Absolutely terrible. So I want to make it clear for the people that may or may not be listening to this podcast. And if you're not listening, then you're not going to be able to hear the point I'm making. But I said from the very beginning that Josh Allen was going to be a ridiculously talented quarterback. You said that long before we started having doing a podcast. I I did. I said that from the get-go. Before he was even drafted, I said that the Browns were foolish for not picking Josh Allen. Now, I'm not (laughs) certain whether Josh Allen would be what Josh Allen is currently doing uh, with the Browns, but I said from the get-go, Josh Allen has uh, an Uncle Rico level of I can throw the ball over the mountains kind of arm. And I said that you can't teach a guy to be able to throw 80 yards. You can't teach that. You can teach other stuff, but sometimes you just can throw a billion yards. Uh, And And he's just, he's so perfect for Buffalo too. Absolutely. Just like, I, I hate, I don't like the bills. I've never liked the bills. I, I, I do respect the bills and I respect their fans and just a guy like him, just gunslinger can run just throws the ball a mile and just seems like he's just having a really good time. Like, I feel like that's the kind of guy that Buffalo really responds to. And also, did you see like earlier this week, there was some like thing for like a food bank in the Buffalo area. And they were like, we're trying to raise $500,000. And they put out some update, like we were at 483,000 and Josh Allen was like, I got you for $17,000. Yeah. So I, 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 I hate the bills a lot less now because of him and Stefan Diggs. Also, their play is going to get lost because of the Murray play. Because that was, I was showing my dad those highlights and I showed my dad the Hopkins catch and he went, wow, that's absolutely ridiculous. And then I showed my dad the, uh, the Allen to Diggs throw. And he went, okay, that's just a run of the mill, spectacular throw and catch. And yeah, I went, yeah, that's pretty much it. I, you know, barring something crazy, I think Josh Allen is still my MVP pick for this season. I think Wilson has kind of slipped, at least in my rankings. I think the four, I think your four options at this point are going to be, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be Josh Allen. It's going to be Kyler Murray, or it's going to be Russell. Right now I've got Kyler Murray. That dude's electric. He overperforms expectations. I just, I just, I don't know. Cause Kyler Murray has lost. Not sure how much you can say you overperform expectations. If you were a top 10 pick in two sports. Yeah, it's true. It's, I, I think Russ has had a bad stretch. Offensively of, good athlete. Russ has had a bad stretch of games. Rogers has had a couple of eggs. I think it's, it's going to come down when you're looking at it. And you can never count out guys like Mahomes who can just like, he's had ridiculous, like he just hasn't been nearly out of nowhere. It's just kind of expected that Mahomes is kind of an MVP candidate. So we're not going to give it to him to let, other people have a chance um Allen's my pick for right now if Kyler Murray keeps playing like he does could be interesting but Allen has balled out against some really good teams he has shredded was it the Ravens just the other day just like a week or two ago that he absolutely just un- I think they beat the Ravens yeah I remember he like unloaded on some really good team he is he, I once saw a description of Josh Allen that he plays football like a dude who has explained the rules of football and then just kind of did it. He doesn't seem to really have a plan going into games. He's just going to run all over the place, throw all over the place. He's going to lateral if he wants to lateral. It's, and it keeps working and he keeps doing it. And maybe he's just kind of that good. Maybe he's not. I he, think he is. No, he is. I, I'll, no one's arguing that here. I mean, yeah. Like he just, he's, and he's going to get sort of better at making reads and stuff, but he's like the like kid who showed up in fourth grade and he's like bigger than everybody. And they're just like, all right, you're the quarterback, figure it out. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. Yeah. And then he threw a football over them, their mountains. He'll he'll be an interesting guy to follow as the season comes. And I think Kyler Murray is always going to be an interesting guy to follow. He kind of came in. Well, I will say, what I would like most for Josh Allen to do is either fall off or continue to succeed, but do so somewhere else. Yeah. My dog is huffing under my door. How is, uh, how is your dog? 
Uh, he's good. He's wearing, he had a, a procedure this week. And so there were the first two days afterwards, he was wearing one of those big cones. Yeah. Which was great because he would run up behind you and just ram you in the back of your legs with this hard plastic cone. Uh, so my mom, being the, uh, being the very wise leader of the house that she is, shout out Jill, bought him. It essentially looks like a neck pillow that you would wear on a flight. Because um, it does the same thing to keep him from, from chewing upon himself. Uh, but it makes him a little bit less menacing when he runs into us, although he does still have teeth and claws and weigh 80 pounds. Um, so, Man, I, I think Cordero Patterson might just be built for housing kickoff. Eighth career kickoff return for a touchdown? I think he might just genuinely be built for <laughs> Oh, my God. It, I knew he had a couple, but that's insane. Yeah, he had, um, he had one or two for the Patriots. He yeah. just did one it's right his, now. It's, it's tied for the yeah. most in NFL history. Absolutely. Hester? What? Is it Devin Hester or somebody else? Cordell Patterson. Oh, who he's tied with? I don't know. It's got to be Devin Hester. Oh, he's going to get fined for that. He flashed a peace sign. Sad. It was like a peace out, not yeah. like a world peace. There's, there's different kinds of peace signs. No, I know. It was a peace out sign, but Tyreek Hill gets fined for that. So Cordero Patterson yeah, is probably going to get fined for that. I think that's why they call the NFL the No Fun League. Uh, it's just because if you get fined for flashing a peace sign, yeah, uh, silly. Matt Nagy might just get bailed huh. out by Cordero Patterson again. Uh, he, Devin Hester, is not the all-time leader in kick return touchdowns. He's the leader in, leader in total return touchdowns, but it is now a three-way tie between Josh Cribbs, Leon Washington, and Cordero Patterson. Cool. I like those Bears jerseys, the orange ones. Yeah, I was saying, I don't think I there's... they were Broncos jerseys, but... I don't think they're as good as the navies, but I do like the orange. No, they're not. On the Bears. Yeah. Um, what else we got this week? No baseball news, really. Um, no. Not much in the world of hockey, either. Uh, not a lot's happening. We're kind of in the dead zone. The jerseys, can't, the, the reverse retros <laughs> can't. Jerseys, I like them, dude. I know you said Yeah, that. okay, so... I, wait, I, wait, uh, I need to know which ones you'd specifically dislike. I think the biggest ones that I don't like is I think the Maple Leafs one is ugly. I do. The Maple Leafs one is ugly and also just boring. This, the, the Detroit Red Wings one is incredibly boring. I'll get into it later, but the Stars one makes me sad. Um, and other than that, I mean, I'm not going to be one of those people that gets all up in arms about you know, oh, the Canucks I don't like. Well, the Canucks... Oh, God. I hadn't seen those yet. Yeah, that's... No. The Dallas that's one? That's got the Michigan State problem of trying to look too cool and modern. The Dallas ones? The Dallas ones are the worst ones. Yeah, I'm going to get... Believe me, I'm not finished talking about Dallas. Um, but... um. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be one of those people that gets all up in arms. You know, a lot of people have been upset. And this is kind of an interesting thing to throw to you guys. A number of people in Connecticut have been upset, and now a number of people in Quebec are upset. So, so the Carolina Hurricanes were formerly the Hartford Whalers, and then the Hartford Whalers left Connecticut and moved down to Carolina. And the Colorado Avalanche have were formerly the Quebec Nordiques, and then they left Quebec and moved to Colorado. This is the first time that Colorado has acknowledged the fact that they were formerly the Quebec Nordiques. Neither team maintained like retired numbers or anything. And a lot of people are mad that these teams have been, uh, Carolina did it last year. They had alternates that were uh, whalers alternates, which I liked more than the reverse retros, but um, well, those were just the regular whalers jerseys. Well, they wore them against they wore them against the Bruins, and it was awesome because it ended up being a really chippy game, and everybody was talking about how it felt like the early nineties. I mean, yeah, that's kind of my greater point: is the whalers jerseys are flawless. You shouldn't touch them. Um, well, they shouldn't have moved. They absolutely should have moved. Uh, Never. Hartford cared about the whalers. Uh, similar people in Boston cared about the Whalers just in a negative sense. Very few people care about the Quebec Nordiques, but the people that did had been fighting to get the Nordiques moved back to Quebec for a very long time. 
And now the Colorado Avalanche are wearing Nordiques jerseys. And a lot of people are very upset. In Avalanche colors, too. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing to look at, just kind of conceptually. The Nordiques were before. It, it looks good in a vacuum. Without yeah. any context to it, it's a yeah. good-looking jersey. It's weird to look at. The Nordiques were before my time. I personally don't really have a problem with teams. I saw one person on Reddit that was upset that the, the Colorado team is – they acknowledge the fact that, they, that the Colorado Rockies were a team that used – an NHL team that used to play in Colorado – and that the Avalanche have, you know, obviously had jerseys inspired by the old Rockies jerseys, and that they're also having Nordiques jerseys. And it's like, well, what is it? Is the franchise tied to the city or is the franchise tied to the team as city. it moves around? I'm, I don't particularly care one way or another, to be honest. I, I think it is tied to the city, but I think it's also tied I think it- to the team. It depends. I don't it think the Ottawa Senators were like, we won a Stanley Cup back before we left Ottawa. I don't think that's valid, but I don't – it's it's hard for me. No, what I would say is it's a, it's all about sort of – it's each individual case. But pretty much my rule of thumb would be if you have a major rebrand, then it – like the Oakland A's can carry over from the Kansas City and the Philadelphia A's. The L.A. to Vegas to Oakland to L.A. back to Vegas Raiders, whatever, those have always been the Raiders. The Rams, with all their stupid moving, still the Rams. Same with the Chargers. Same with all of those teams. But, like, once you change your name and your colors and you essentially just become a different franchise, especially if you're going to do stuff like not have the retired numbers carry over and that sort of thing, just because, like, if you're not, and, and there's sort of, there's, you can go too far in terms of the like respecting tradition thing, but if you're going to retire numbers for a guy and then say they're not retired, we're a new team, but still wear the old team's jerseys as a marketing thing. I really don't like that. And I would think like, it's the same as like the Jets who moved the current Winnipeg Jets are not the original Winnipeg Jets. The original Winnipeg Jets are the Coyotes. And the current but I would associate thrashers. Yes, but I would associate any if somebody said, you know, I know nothing about the old Jets, I know barely anything about the new Jets. But if somebody would ask me about the Winnipeg Jets, I would say they existed from I don't know 1967 to 19 to 2000 whatever, and then from when the Thrashers moved back, the Jets were reinstated. Yeah, like it's a, it's a different franchise, it's different ownership, it's whatever, but it's the same team, it's the same name, and that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, so I think yeah, like, I I don't like the the what the what the Hurricanes and the Avalanche are doing, even though I think both of the jerseys look pretty good, and also because I can never resist a negative thing about the Canucks, their jerseys look terrible. Yeah, they don't look particularly great. Um, Bruins look great. And we have Matt Bear back. I will say I will come out strongly in defense of that. I think the Bruins have one of the cleanest jerseys came out of here. They brought back the uh, – I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the podcast, but it's what they call it, so I'm going to say it. They brought back the Crack Bear. Um, oh, I just called it the Meth Bear, so. Well, the Meth Bear, the Crack Bear, whatever it is, uh, they brought it back. Uh, <laughs> it's a show. Oh, they look fantastic. Hat, it is hideous. It is not – fun to look at but um it's beautiful in its own way but it's 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 the car crash of shoulder logos it's so bad you gotta look at it yeah i think yeah i'll be honest i think the reverse retro i i like a number of the jerseys that came out but i do think the reverse retro was kind of a flawed concept um i don't i don't know why you would have league-wide every team bring back a retro jersey but then also as part of it would change the colors i like trying it i think it's i think it's a good it's it's a decent concept i don't think you were going to please the people that you wanted to please because these people want you to me they want you to bring back retro jerseys and you're doing that but you're also making them new 
which there's What's the same ideas like homecoming jerseys in in uh in college yeah like an up an updated version of an old look i mean it's all just to sell new jerseys my thing on it is i think it's it's sort of a decent idea you get a year of this and then sort of you let the teams go back to sort of your third jersey is whatever you want and some of the teams will have like rediscovered like i think the capitals should stick with their third jersey having the like swooping eagle thing yeah and i think the knights should stick with their alt logo i like i, I like the, the coyotes should not do whatever they're doing well, I think the Kachina is, I think they should go back to the Kachina full time. Oh, they absolutely should. Um, and then I don't really- the purple care. I like. I don't really there's, care there's, what you do with an alt. If you pick, if you keep the purple thing you have now as your alt, I don't have a problem with it. If you decide to make what your current home is now the alt, I don't have a problem with that either. If you want to bring something new, I, I don't care. But- uh, How do you feel about the Flyers ones? Um. They really did certainly stick to the reverse retro. I think they're going to look good in a full uniform. I do. I like them. Uh, not everybody does. I enjoy them. I, I will be, I will acquire one. The Predators and Islanders look exactly the same. The Islanders does. The Predators, I, it is a little. The different. sleeves are a little different, but. Yeah, they're uh, going back to the They old. brought the Pouncing Panther back. Yeah. I wanted them to go back to the uh, the old mustard yellow. I, I was looking forward to it, but um, they always wear a pretty ugly yellow. To be fair, yeah, but it used to be this very very hideous yellow color. Whatever we can, what we can agree on definitively is that the stars and Canucks have the two worst. Well, the stars do certainly have gradient jerseys are always a bad idea. Don't do them. Uh they're always a terrible idea. I am just kind of disappointed with the Canucks because the Canucks have such a very, very um, amazing jersey. uniform history. They have an amazing <laughs> jersey history. They have the flying Vs, which are hideous, but I love them. They have the old skate oh logos. And you really went with like the 2004 like gradient jerseys. Is that really what you decided to remix? Like you could have remixed the flying V's and they would have still been hideous because that is one of the worst jersey designs ever. But it would looks have been... like some sort of novelty warm-up the Sedins would have worn. Exactly. Like, I feel like if you're gonna do the reverse retro, you should you should have more fun with it than the Canucks did. The Canucks picked genuinely like the worst jersey they've ever had, in the sense that like it's bad and also it's boring. Like on behalf of the bad and boring community, it's, I take offense to that. Like the jersey they picked to remix, for those who don't know what the reverse retro was. Yeah, that, that would be me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, was about to, I was about to say, we need to move on in about 45 seconds because I think Zach is about to like fall into a voluntary coma. Yeah, so for, for, it, for, for those who don't know what the reverse retro is, is and I'm going to speculate a little bit here, but I'm also almost certainly correct. So I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Uh, because of COVID and everything, the NHL has been losing money. And to get merchandising money, they've decided that every team is going to get what they call a reverse retro, where they're taking a retro jersey that the team used to wear, and they are effectively flipping the colors on it or changing the colors Every team kind of had their own thing. What the Flyers did, the Flyers genuinely just each color moved in a circle. The part that was white became orange. The part that was orange became black. The part that was black became white. And that's how they did it. Some teams pretty much just took an old classic logo and brought it back. I don't think the Ducks really changed the Wild Wing jerseys at all. They didn't at all. And other teams took an old classic jersey and updated it to like their modern colors, which is what the Canucks did. The Canucks used to be navy blue and like a deep maroon. They brought back the same jersey and changed it to navy blue and their current like green. Um, every team kind of had their own little leeway with it. Some of them are boring. Some of them are not. I would look them up uh, to see what we're talking about. It takes 30 seconds. Also just to see them because some of them are excellent and some of them are so bad you need to yeah. see them. Um, the point I was making with the Canucks, though, is that like they had this old gradient where, to explain it to Zach, it was a navy blue jersey and then a red, like their old maroon, and it would gradient into the blue. The Canucks have some of the most hideous and also some of the best jerseys in league history. 
and they genuinely picked the most boring jersey they've had um, and decided to bring it to the modern era, which was a terrible decision because they've had some of the worst jerseys ever made and they could have absolutely sold like hotcakes if they brought them up to the modern era and made them weird. Like some teams, and I'll give the Coyotes credit, they kind of got weird with it. And I'll give the Ducks credit, bringing back Wild Wing, certainly not what people were asking for. I was, but it wasn't what people were asking for. Um, some teams got weird with it, and I think they will sell more jerseys in the long run than the teams that just kind of played it safe, like the Red Wings, who just effectively released white ops with gray stripes on it. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really all I have to say until we get to the, uh, the ulterior segments. Because oh, I do we, we've tortured Zach for long enough. Exactly. Talking about nothing that matters to anybody. <laughs> Zach, uh, Zach, Zach, you you pick what we talk about next. I was if you want to if you want to talk only about the Sopranos and Deli Mates, we're here for you. Okay. Well, we already did talk about Gabagool. Sopranos. I mean, it's great. They haven't put out a new episode in like thirteen years, and it's kind of over. But anyway, I was just thinking. It, we, it's on. It's on my list, Zach. I promise you, it's on my list. I was thinking I we need you to believe me. We're kind of time to wrap up here. I'm sorry. I've been doing homework during like this whole podcast <laughs> on my phone. So, uh, but anyway, hey, they, they got a lot of you this week, so that's what matters. Um, oh, everybody loves a lot of Ben. Anyway, uh, for no more jobs of the week, I don't have one yet. So if one of you guys wants to start, go for it. I uh, ben has boxing to go about. Ben does have boxing to go about. Genuinely one of the worst officiating decisions I've ever seen. So Terrence Crawford fought Kel Brook. Terrence Crawford is the number one pound-for-pound pound fighter in the world. Knocked him out. Absolutely incredible fight in the main card which went on about an hour and a half after one could have expected it to because the co-main was a junior bantamweight title fight between Andrew Maloney, who had one loss, which was when he lost the title to Joshua Franco. And this was his rematch with him. He lost it about six months ago. Maloney clearly, clearly closes Franco's eye just by hitting him with punches. Franco's right eye is completely shut. So shut that after the, and the important thing is after the first round, when his eye was closing, the referee went to the judges and ruled it as an accidental headbutt that, that started the eye closing. At the end of the second round, it's fully closed. The ring doctor says they can't continue. So since it went for fewer than four rounds, and since it was ruled an accidental headbutt, it's declared a no contest. So Nevada, my, my no more jobs is the Nevada State Athletic Commission because Nevada State Athletics has replay in boxing and they can go and look at it. And if they rule that Maloney closed his eye with punches, which he clearly did, then it becomes a TKO. He gets his belt back, which he should, and, and the night's over. And it should have taken about five minutes because you look at all the replays, they were like in communication with the ESPN truck. You look at the replays, okay, they never really butted heads. Here's him hitting him in the eye, in the right eye. Here's him hitting in the eye again. Here's him hitting in the eye again. All right, it's a TKO, we're done. It could have happened that fast, as fast as I just described it. They looked at the replay for 27 minutes. Wow. 27 minutes breaking down a six minute fight. They showed, ESPN showed the entire fight over during their parsing of the replay. They showed it like 12 times. They showed the specific 10 second time frames that the officials were looking at. And they were saying, okay, we'll look out for a headbutt here. We'll look out for a headbutt here. The only time their heads came remotely close to meeting, Franco's left side of his head was there. So it was the wrong side of his head. They go 27 minutes and then they got it wrong. And then Franco's corner was talking trash to Maloney afterwards. So I have to hate Josh Franco now, who I had nothing against. But just, it was like one of the worst efficient, because like, it was one of those, like, it wasn't even one of the ones, like when we're watching football together and there's one of those, like, it's a catch rule thing. And we're sort of sitting there and we're like, okay, like it's probably this way, but we're sort of looking for an angle or whatever. This was like, four minutes of like, all right, let's see where the headbutt was. And then like 25 minutes of just, okay, well, there's no headbutt and I don't know what they're still watching for. And like, I'll, I'll give a, a half no more jobs to the ref 
for missing it in real time, but also it's tough in real time. And there can be times where it looks like the heads come together, they have their heads on each other's shoulders, and it looks like there might have been a headbutt. But for the replay officials to go to that, take that long looking at it, get it that egregiously long, and take a world title away from a guy who, by the way, has been away from his family for like six months of this year because he lives in Australia. So he's had to be over in Vegas, like living in training, and who was in the corner for his twin brother getting knocked out like three weeks ago in his world title fight. So like, I know that there's not like, sports aren't about like what people deserve emotionally, but like of all the guys to rob, to rob Andrew Maloney of this like that. So, I mean, if I was him, I would want Franco again really soon. And I would want that to take place anywhere but the state of Nevada because he should have his belt back and I don't know if there's any recourse for somebody to go back now. And I don't know if you'd even want it this way. But just like, it was such, I, and I know that boxing is never sort of on the up and up. And it's sort of a, a toss up between ineptitude and just corruption. But it was so blatant and so annoying because I'm waiting for what's supposed to be a great fight and what turned out to be a pretty entertaining fight. And you're sitting there watching these replays going, okay, they've gotten it wrong. They're going to fix it. And then they didn't. And I'm realizing based on how long I've talked about this, that, that I became a little more invested in this than I thought I was initially. <sighs> no more jobs, Nevada State Athletic Commission. No more. Fair. Uh, my no more jobs. And this is in no, did you go Kyle? I did not go. Go, because no. I, I want to see what yours is. Okay. Uh, my no more jobs is getting back to hockey jerseys. Um, my no more jobs. Whoever on, <laughs> no! whoever on this planet is designing hockey jerseys for the Dallas Stars needs to be fired into the sun. Because the Dallas Stars, not unlike a number of other teams, have come out with two jerseys this offseason. They announced an official third jersey as well as the reverse retro. The reverse retro is bad. It's not very good. Uh, look it up if you want to see what it looks like. It's not good. It is a throwback to the old Mike Madonna era of Stars jerseys, which were amazing jerseys. Black, green, gold, great colors, great designs, and they decided instead of doing anything, they were going to make it all white, including the lettering uh, on the Stars, on the centerpiece, which is terrible. And then they came out with alternates where they're like, yeah, what if we take the shoulder and make it the center logo, not an uncommon mindset. And they decided, yes, they're going to be blackouts with neon green stripes and highlighting. Oh, the they Michigan also, State jerseys. They also look terrible. Oh, they're Why awesome. on earth have you designed these two jerseys? You've been given the keys to the vehicle that will take you to my money. And you instead decide that you're <laughs> going to hand it off to whatever schmuck is going to buy these blackout jerseys that look like a laser tag uniform or these other all white jerseys that just look terrible. I'm just disappointed in you and I'm mad at you. So I'm not just disappointed. Uh, my no more jobs is, and this is, this is not meant to be like a dig on them because I'll go into it. It's the Maryland football team, but here's why. Um, <laughs> COVID that is not, I'm not blaming them for getting COVID. Like they got it. We don't know how they got it. So we can't say they were being irresponsible. They could have been doing everything right and still caught it somewhere. That is not what I'm saying here. But what I'm saying is the communication was very poor, uh, not from like the communication department, but just from like the team in general, the way they were kind of hiding it. Because apparently um, the, the numbers they're putting out are like based on the total number of tests, not the total number of positive results. So like when you look at it, actually like a huge percentage of all Maryland athletes have like gotten the virus since June, like an alarming number. I don't have the number off the top of my head, so I'm not going to go into it. And that's where, you know, it starts to get worrisome that like the university reports its school testing data every day, but doesn't report athletes. And I think they should. That's kind of what I'm getting at here. I think it would be nice to have a holistic approach as to everyone who's in the community and how their tests are coming back. That's just my opinion. That's why I think, you know, no more jobs. Let's just not make it complicated let's boil it down i hope back. i hope everyone gets better i hope no one has any severe symptoms and i hope we play michigan state on saturday 
Uh, I think it's unlikely because Wisconsin had to miss two games. Uh, but uh, I hope we play Michigan State. I hope we win and we make a bowl game. Right now, one of the ESPN experts has us projected to be in uh, the Pinstripe Bowl, which would be my dream to go call because it's at Yankee Stadium. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's what I got. You guys got any final thoughts? Uh, ben had I couldn't possibly. Uh, on how we should end uh, every episode, right, didn't you? Moving forward. Uh, an addition to no more jobs. Oh yeah, get a get a everybody get a get a nice quick instead of general final thoughts, just just one bold prediction for the week, and then Zach will sign us off with his beautiful sonorous voice. I'll go first. Jalen Smith, lottery pick. Uh, no explanations and bold predictions. Just bold prediction for the week. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, huh. Uh, the Giant. No, mm, the Giants run a bye. Um, Anthony Cowan gets drafted. There you go. Uh, a major trade in the NHL by the Toronto Maple Leafs. That'll be mine. Good enough. No reason to think that, but if I'm not, <laughs> literally, I think there are more reasons to not think that than there are to think it, but it's the first thing that came to my mind. So sign us off, Zach, take us home from the last episode of 1330. Right, because Colin, you're leaving this weekend. So this is the last episode that any of us will be in Studio 1330 together. So for me and Colin at College Park and Ben up in Boston, uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. Peace. Peace.